Good morning, and God bless you. What a great day. What a mighty God we serve. I'm so glad to have you along for our daily word and prayer. This is Friday morning, June 4th, and we've been looking at objections to the Scripture, to our beliefs, and how to answer them. But I want to give a special welcome. If you're new today, welcome. I hope you hit the subscribe, the notify, like. Tell me where you're from in the comments section, and uh, you might tell me how you know me, because I always like to know how people find this channel. And of course, make sure and tell your friends. If you're back day after day, I'm glad you're here. We believe that God's Word does transform us. We believe it transforms us little by little, bit by bit, but we're different. And those of us who've been with us day day after day here, week after week, month after month, I trust God is changing you and blessing you. And I always enjoy getting emails from those of you who tell me that. I got one this morning. It encouraged me. Thanks so much. All right, so we're, we're talking about the FFDPQ method, which um, is a term I came up with, and I hope you helped me come up with a better term because people say, Tom, I can't remember the order of those four um, consonants, those four letters. So be thinking and give me a better term if you've got one. But the question we want to deal with today is the person who says, well, I believe Jesus said some profound moral truths. He was a great teacher, a great moral philosopher, but he wasn't the son of God. He was just a man. How would you respond to that in a winsome way that sparks their curiosity and opens them up to hearing more? Here's how we would respond. I can see the way you feel that way. Others have felt that way too until they discovered that there's evidence and a re- and a and there's evidence and reason to believe that Jesus actually physically rose from the dead. I'm curious, are you aware of that evidence? Simple answer. Simple answer. It affirms their doubt. Obviously, you can see why people would, would think he's just a teacher. That's what they're teaching in our schools. That's what they're teaching in the media. That's what all kinds of people believe about him. So it's not it's easy to see why someone would think that way. We affirm it. But so many people have changed their opinion and their understanding of who Jesus is with the information we're talking about today when they came to understand that he was no mere man. Now, what does set Jesus a Christ, Jesus apart? from every other religious leader. I have a message I give on campus called Six Things That Make Jesus Different, or Six Reasons Why the Christian Faith is True. We want to hone in today on one of them, the resurrection, because this is the one given in Scripture that causes that, that where the early disciples said he stands apart. Romans chapter 1, verse 4 says that Jesus Christ was declared with power to be the Son of God through the resurrection from the dead. That's true. He was declared with power to be the resurrection, to be the Son of God through the resurrection. Acts chapter 30, verse 30 and 31, says that God is declaring to men that all everywhere must repent, for he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. You ready? Having furnished proof by resurrecting Jesus from the dead or raising Jesus from the dead. This is our evidence. This is what we point to. This is what we talk about. Now, the truth is, 
Other religions don't even claim their person rose from the dead. People sometimes say, Tom, what makes you think your religion's any better than anyone else's? I say, well, you know, for starters, our guy rose from the dead. <laughs> you know, the, the, other, the, the others, like, like the, the Hindu gods and the Buddhist gods, the Hindu gods, they were cremated, they're gone. Um, if they, or the, the people, their gurus or their leaders who walked around. Islam, uh, Muhammad, was buried and no claim that he ever rose physically from the dead. But Jesus, the claim is he rose from the dead. And so we want to ask, okay, that's the claim. Is it true? And I'd like to give you what I believe are seven simple facts that to me point to the resurrection. Now, I keep this simple because the reality is there's, there's a lot written on this. You can find books that are four or 500 pages long going into the historical evidence, reason, details for the resurrection. And this is a big, big issue. You can create, you know, the book that long is quite scholarly, obviously. But I try and keep things simple. I try and keep things so that you can remember them and so that you can pass them on to others. And I encourage you to memorize and remember this simple list. It's not hard, what I'm about to tell you. Seven facts. And these are facts. These are not, and what I'm about to tell you is not an opinion. There's seven facts that to me would indicate Jesus rose from the dead, would give strong evidence that unless you just believe there's no way he rose from the dead, so there must be another explanation. But if you're open to if you're open to the evidence and you accept what we must believe as proof beyond reasonable doubt, that is multiple evidence, multiple eyewitnesses give their account, face credible cross-examination, and their story remains the same. That's how we would determine in a court of law someone's guilt or innocence. And I believe there's strong evidence for this about Christ. Here's the seven facts. Are you ready? They're simple. Remember them. Number one, and by the way, this was in last night's email. So if, you don't, if you're not yet subscribed to my daily emails, you can get this and find this. Go to TomThePreacher.com. Subscribe to my daily emails, and these things I talk about here, you will get the supporting evidence of them in the emails. You ready? Here we go. Number one, a man named Jesus lived. That's pretty much, that's indisputable. People don't know credible story and would deny that. Number two, he died. Number three, he was buried, and his tomb was guarded and protected by soldiers. Indisputable facts at this point. Number four, this is also a fact. Three days later, the tomb was empty, and the body was missing from the tomb. That's a fact. Okay? You might dispute, people dispute what happened to the body, but it is a fact that the body was missing. Number five, over the next 40 days, on a minimum of 10 different occasions, multiple groups of people claimed to have seen him, talked with him, and actually touched him. Thomas, Thomas said, I wouldn't believe unless I see the very nail hole in his hand and put my hand in the scar wound in his side. And sure enough, eight days later, he saw Jesus and saw the scar and touched the side and went from being a skeptic to a believer. That's a fact. That's a fact. People claimed, multiple groups of people, at one time up to 500 people, but sometimes only two, but Groups of people claimed 
to have seen him alive after he had died and been buried and now his tomb is empty. Number six fact. For having said that, these people who made this claim were ruthlessly persecuted. They were beaten. They were jailed. They were persecuted. They were ultimately put to death in the cruelest of ways, slow, torturous deaths. Number, that's number six. They were persecuted. This is what I would consider the ultimate cross-examination. Stop telling this story about the resurrection or we're going to kill you. We're going to throw you in jail. We're going to beat you up. Stop telling it. And and they this was the cross-examination. It wasn't just, you know, you know, what was he wearing or, you know, or when you saw him. It was change your story or suffer. And it was, and number seven, there's not a single example of all these people, not a single one, even when faced with beating or imprisonment or death, not a single one went back on their claim to have seen Jesus risen from the dead. Now, to me, this is compelling evidence. There was, the facts are, lived, died, buried, the tomb was empty. That's, those are the historical facts. The eyewitnesses, I saw him, multiple people, multiple times, different circumstances. They faced this cross-examination, and none of them cracked. None of them went back. None of them recanted. None of them said, you know, maybe uh, we made it up, or it could have been someone else, or maybe I was hallucinating, or we'd all been doing drugs that day, and who knows what we were seeing. Uh-uh. Nothing like that happened. These people were of a sound mind, and they saw it, and the rest of their life, they, they dedicated and said, I was there. Now, someone may say, as a matter of fact, someone wrote me this morning and asked, well, like, don't Muslims die for their faith? Does that make it true? No, dying for something doesn't make it true. But it's pretty good evidence that you believe it's true. You don't die for something unless you're convinced it's true. Now, when a Muslim dies because he believes in Islam, that doesn't prove Islam is true, but it does prove he believes it. But here's the difference. A, a, a Muslim, say, say, who dies for his religion, or for that matter, anyone, anyone, if I were to die for my religion, doesn't prove it's true. It does prove I believe it. But notice the difference. These early disciples didn't die just in, and accept the suffering persecution just because they said we believe it. They did it because they said, we are eyewitnesses of this. I'm not an eyewitness of Jesus Christ. I didn't see the resurrection. A Muslim who dies now as a terrorist or, you know, say a suicide bomber or something like that, uh, he didn't see uh, Muhammad. He just believes it. And there's no doubt he does believe it. And if I were to die, there's no doubt I do believe it if I'm willing to die for it. But the early disciples... They were eyewitnesses of these events. It was more than just, I believe it. It was, I was there. I saw him. I talked with him. I actually touched him. He's alive. He's risen from the dead. Nothing you say or do to me can cause me to doubt what I was an eyewitness of. That's the difference. Just like on a witness stand, you don't, you don't, you don't bring the person onto the witness stand and say, do you think the guy did the crime? You say, tell me what you saw. Tell me what you saw, and we let the jury decide what happened. Folks, when we answer this question, we are, we're appealing to the jury. We're wanting the, the person who has the question. They're going to have to decide. Here's the evidence. 
Here's the cross-examination. The writers of the New Testament, they knew they were witnesses. They were telling us the story. Here's what Jesus did. Here's what he taught. Here's what he said. Here's how he died. And here's what happened afterwards and how we know he rose from the dead. And then we know from other history, actually the history of their sufferings comes from outside of the Bible. We know from other history how they suffered and died rather than go back on their eyewitness testimony. This is powerful. Might I add, this evidence of the resurrection relates to many of the questions we are asked because it is what sets apart Christianity. It is ultimately when you say, well, how do I know it's better to do this? Or how do I know Jesus was right? Or how do I know how to be a Christian? How do I compare that with other religions I can't see or whatever? I wasn't there. I don't know which one's right. The one thing that sets him apart, nobody else rose from the dead, uh, other than like Lazarus, who Jesus raised from the dead. But these other great religious leaders, no, they lived, they died, they buried, and their teachings may live on, but they don't. And they may say they went to heaven, but, you know, we don't see that. Jesus physically conquered death, the enemy of mankind. He did what only can be done in the power of God. It is the ultimate mark of his credibility. And so this argument for the resurrection comes up many, many times in our our discussions. And I encourage you, memorize these seven facts, camp on them, know how to respond, because this is the answer to many of the questions we have. One again, real quick, are the seven facts? He lived. A man named Jesus lived. He died. He was buried. Three days later, the tomb was empty. Multiple people claimed to have seen him alive from the dead. For for telling others, they suffered greatly, and there's not a single one who ever went back on their testimony, even at the threat of great suffering and death. This is powerful. This is persuasive. This This is something that we need to tell others about. Amen? What a mighty God we serve. He conquered death, and because he lives, we will as well. Let's go to prayer. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who was declared with power to be the son of God through the resurrection from the dead. We acknowledge, Father, that you have overlooked the time of people's ignorance, but you're declaring to people that all everywhere must repent, for you have fixed a day in which you will judge the world in righteousness, having furnished proof by raising your son, Jesus, from the dead. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You stand out from all others. There is none like you. There were other great teachers, but there's no one who rose from the dead. There were others who died for a cause or a purpose or who willingly sacrificed themselves for something that was good, but none rose from the dead. There are others that had a following, but none rose from the dead. And Jesus, we affirm today that though, though it looked like you were defeated and crushed and humiliated as you hung on that Roman cross and your disciples had fled and scattered out of fear and it looked like the whole, what you had done was, was, put, was crushed and put to an end, yet it wasn't. Today, Jesus, more people know of you, hear of you, believe in you, speak of you, honor you than any other name in the history of the world. We thank you that you, though that like that, at that day, you were, it's like you planted a little mustard seed that's now grown into a mighty tree. Why? What changed? We believe you rose from the dead and you, you changed lives. You're alive today and you're willing to live in any person by your Holy Spirit and you transform us. Oh, Jesus, we give you praise. We thank you 
The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in us. And today, Lord, fill us with your joy, fill us with your power, fill us with your victory. Might we stand up straight and tall today, hold our head up high, no matter what comes our way, and remind ourselves we are children of God on the path of life, headed for glory. We'll be seated with you in the heavenly places. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, we'll be revealed with you in glory. Jesus, that's where you are seated now. It is our destiny, our future, to be seated with you, to reign with you. And we thank you. We can begin to experience that now. So today we bless you. We thank you for the resurrection power that raised Jesus and lives in us. Oh, might we declare it. Might we have opportunity to tell others. Might we never be ashamed of it. We thank you. It's not just a neat story. This happened. You're alive forevermore. We bless you and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. I get fired up by this. I think you can tell, and, and I'm looking forward, hoping the campuses are fully open in the fall where I can get back out on campus and declare that our God, our Lord, our Savior is risen from the dead. We hope for that. We pray for that. Be praying for me. By the way, you may know someone who wants to intern with me in the fall. We're going to be opening up the intern application process. You can go to my website, tomthepreacher.com, and if you know someone, apply to intern with me and travel with me in the fall to the campuses. And uh, it's time for me to be building my intern team. There's several who have applied, and uh, but there's room for more. So check out my website, tomthepreacher.com. Um, if you're interested in going to Israel with me and going into the empty tomb, I've been there, and when you see that empty tomb, wow, and you realize it's real. Jesus rose from the dead, and that may be something you're interested in as well. Anyway, again, share with us with your friends. Make sure they know about it. Tomorrow morning, we'll be back together, and we'll uh, talk about a taking it to their turf story, and I look forward to seeing you, but until then, you have a great day. God bless you. Be strong. Be mighty. Walk in faith. Be blessed. Know God's with you today. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.